You know, I think it's relatively safe to say now that Monday Night Raw is, without a doubt, the A-show within WWE. I mean, after what we saw tonight on Monday Night Raw, we have so much to look forward to going into not just WrestleMania season, not just the Royal Rumble, but the year as a whole. You have Brock Lesnar as the WWE Champion. Who's going to be the next challenger? That's the biggest question on everybody's mind. And who's he's go- who is he going to face at WrestleMania? Well, we kind of got a little bit of who he's going to face at WrestleMania. And we also have a contender for who he's facing at the Royal Rumble. So, with all that being said, welcome to the Russell Ward Podcast. And what a show Monday Night Raw was. I know a lot of people are going to give me some flack about this, but I think that Raw this week was a really good show. My New Year's resolution is just watch more wrestling. I know it sounds a little bit kind of like weird, but I haven't watched weekly shows back to back in a really long time. This is my first Monday Night Raw that I watched live since Biggie won the WWE Championship. That was what back in the beginning of September, so I have not been watching Raw, SmackDown, you know, anything of that sort of nature live every week. You know, I'll I'll catch a couple of clips on YouTube, maybe watch a review about it, uh, go on Hulu, maybe, you know, check out the show if if something really caught my eye. Um, but, you know, other than that, I, I kind of just didn't really watch. But tonight was was really refreshing because, you know, me seeing all this positivity about Monday Night Raw finally coming back to like what it was like a cu- couple of years ago, you know, just being a really entertaining show, you know, it made me really intrigued to see, you know, let me go over here and check it out for myself. Let me see if the hype is really worth you know, going out and really just watching a three-hour wrestling program. And I'm not going to lie, I was thoroughly entertained. We have a huge Royal Rumble match that was basically confirmed tonight just literally about five minutes ago. I immediately started recording once that guy won the main event. I'm not going to necessarily review Monday Night Raw. I'm just going to be talking about the high spots. And then I'm going to be talking about what's going to happen for the rest of the week. So first off on Monday Night Raw, Brock Lesnar, he came out. uh, Well, it wasn't wasn't necessarily Brock Lesnar. Here is where Monday Night Raw got really, really interesting. Paul Heyman is back with Brock Lesnar. Now, I know some people are going to wonder, where is this Roman Reigns storyline going to go? What happened to Paul Le- to, to, to Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns, you know, with all the him, him firing Paul and, and Brock, you know, going up against Roman? We're going to get to that in just a few moments, but Paul Heyman opened up the show with a promo, called out the WWE world champion, Brock Lesnar, Brock Lesnar came into the ring like 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 the fucking badass that he is. Got got the steel stairs. He got he got the steel stairs and he just chucked them in the ring. Set them in the middle of the ring 
walked onto the stairs and just stood there. Stood there with the WWE Championship. This dude is so goddamn entertaining. Ever since he returned at SummerSlam, he has been genuinely the best part about WWE. And the one thing that is really crazy to me is that I don't think we've seen Brock Lesnar this much on WWE TV, you know, constantly since probably his full-time role back in the early 2000s. I mean, you see Brock Lesnar now, he's he's pretty much on the show every week or every other week with, you know, maybe the occasional, you know, day off or whatever, but he has been a vital focus leading up to, you know, the day one pay-per-view, Crown Jewel, now the Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, I mean, this guy has pretty much been a full-timer, whether you like it or not. I mean, I feel like now, Brock Lesnar is kind of like avenging people calling him a a part-timer, which he definitely was a part-timer. I believe he still is a part-timer, but... You know, now being on the show more often, obviously he isn't wrestling on a Monday Night Raw or a Friday Night SmackDown, but just to have his presence there is really enough that you need for, you know, that, that marquee guy to, you know, bring in ratings, draw the people, you know, because people are obviously going to tune in when they see Brock Lesnar. Some people, they're not a fan of Brock Lesnar, but you know that they're going to tune in to see what the hell Brock Lesnar is going to be doing on WWE TV. That's really all you have to, uh, to, to to know right there. But anyways, Brock Lesnar is in the ring with Paul Heyman. Paul announces that, you know, he is advocating for Brock Lesnar now. They're back together. And that in tonight's main event, it's going to be a fatal four-way match. The originally scheduled fatal four-way match uh, that was supposed to happen at day one between Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, Bobby Lashley, and Big E. But this time... The match is going to be in the main event of Raw, and it's going to determine the next person to challenge for the WWE Championship, the person who's going to face Brock Lesnar for the WWE Championship at the Royal Rumble. Tell me right now, out of the four people that you just heard come out of my mouth, who do you think won that? I know a lot of people are going to say maybe Seth Rollins. Maybe Big E will get his rematch. Maybe Kevin Owens will have that underdog story. But you know what 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 really comes to people's minds when they think of that? Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley, the Almighty. This is a matchup that we have been wanting to see for so so long. I'm talking about before Bobby Lashley even came back to the WWE. Like, Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar is a genuine WrestleMania main event caliber match. And we are getting that match at the Royal Rumble for the WWE Championship. I'm excited. Really excited. I mean, I'm one of those people who really just needed this matchup to happen. I mean, it's the first time ever just two of the most dominant professional wrestlers of our generation, two of the most, like, physically built wrestlers of our generation, 
two guys that tore the house down in the five minutes that they had at day one. Just just spearing, just spearing each other was everything that you needed to know what this Royal Rumble match is going to have in store for us. You look back at day one and the main event of day one and the Fatal Five Way, you're going to see pretty much what the hell this match has in store for us. It's going to be chaotic. All right, it, it's definitely going to be chaotic. You're you're definitely going to see a lot of finishes because that is a Brock Lesnar match. If you haven't seen a Brock Lesnar match, it normally goes fucking uh, adrenaline rush after adrenaline rush. I mean, you're taking constant five-hour energies. I mean, you're like getting pumped up because that's just how a Brock Lesnar match is. It's not it's not like a technical masterpiece or a five-star classic. It's just a, all right, you get in there, you make your entrances, you beat the shit out of each other, you pull your finishers out, and the last man standing, they win. Simple as that. Brock Lesnar, simple as that, and that's why he's the marquee star that he is today. Bobby Lashley, he can do the same exact thing. If there's anybody in the WWE right now that is a legitimate threat to Brock Lesnar and the WWE Championship... It's Bobby Lashley. Excluding Roman Reigns, it's Bobby Lashley. I mean, I don't see anybody taking away the title at this moment from Brock Lesnar besides those two guys. And now, I don't know if they're going to pull it off at the Royal Rumble and give Bobby Lashley the title. Maybe they're saving WrestleMania for a unification or a winner-take-all match with Roman Reigns which I believe is where they're heading to, but then you have a roadblock on what they're going to do with the Royal Rumble winner. Where does the Royal Rumble winner stand in all of this? We're going to have to find that out at the Royal Rumble or after the Royal Rumble, but as of right now, the way it looks is Bobby Lashley gets his shot at the Royal Rumble. Brock Lesnar has already been hinting towards, hey, I still want the Universal Championship, and I'm still not finished with Roman Reigns. So then you have these two storylines sort of intertwining with each other. Now you're in a predicament where the Royal Rumble is literally just a couple of weeks away. You're going to get your WrestleMania main event. But the question is what that main event is going to be because you're already hinting at Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. Now it may still be Brock versus Roman for Roman's title or just Brock's title, most likely it'll be for the Universal title. But the biggest question is now, is Brock Lesnar a transitional champion? He's going to show up on SmackDown this week. He's already announced it at the end of Monday Night Raw. He announced it. He said he's going to SmackDown. He'll see Roman Reigns at SmackDown. All that good stuff. Which means this rivalry is not over. It's going to lead into the Royal Rumble. It's going to lead into the Elimination Chamber and Fastlane. It's going to lead into WrestleMania. The question is now, how do you pull it off? Whoever wins the Royal Rumble, where do they stand? And I feel like that's where WWE kind of shot themselves in the foot there for a second. Now you have to work between legitimately three storylines and sort of connect them all together because you do have the Bobby Lashley thing. You have the Royal Rumble coming up, and now you have Roman Reigns, and Brock Lesnar is just one guy. 
you know, he he's one guy. I'm really interested to see where this goes. All right, I mean, the main event match was phenomenal. I thought it was a really good 30, 20-minute Fatal 4-Way match. I mean, I, I think it was kind of obvious that Bobby Lashley was going to win. It would have been kind of cool to see you know, somebody like somebody like Kevin Owens win it. But, you know, like, like I said, I'm completely fine with Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley was the person I wanted to win. And I'm glad that he did because this is a main event that you just never see. You know, ever in wrestling. This is a first time ever matchup. When do you get those in wrestling these days? Something that feels so authentic and original and something that, you know, can really get the get the fans, you know, at the top of their at the top of their seats. I mean, this is something that you have to pull off. This is a money match. It's it's a money match, simple as that. We also had a uh, United States Championship match on this show. I do want to talk about the United States Championship match because I know yesterday in the podcast, I was talking about the mid-card titles. I was talking about how you know things could you know work out for the mid-card championship, what they could do to sort of build up with the mid-card title. I feel like what they did tonight with Damian Priest and Dolph Ziggler was something of that sort. Now, I don't necessarily agree with the matchup. It was really, you know, short. Didn't really do a lot for either guy. But, you know, it's one of those matches where you can't necessarily talk about it without, you know, kind of portraying it as just a filler match. And it's a shame, too, because it, it, it's for a championship and it was put into a spot in the middle of the card on Monday Night Raw where, you know, you're not going to get that much, you know, that much time, that much, you know, not- notability. I mean, you know, you have your United States Championship, literally your secondary title, your title that's supposed to be under, you know, the main event title, but still as important in some aspects. I believe that Dolph Ziggler and Damian Priest have a pretty interesting rivalry going on that I, that that can lead into the Royal Rumble. Maybe we see Dolph Ziggler winning the title. I'm not sure after tonight because he did lose clean. The rules of the matchup was if Damian Priest gets disqualified or counted out, he will lose the United States title. He, he tempted it a couple of times. He grabbed a steel chair, had Dolph Ziggler, you know, yell at him like, hit me. Uh, he was almost counted out. He almost beat Dolph for the five count. You know, they were kind of hinting towards, you know, yeah, may, maybe this can happen. It didn't happen, obviously. Um, Dolph Ziggler did hit a really nice zigzag, and I genuinely believe that we had a brand new United States champion. Like, could this have revitalized the mid-card scene on Monday Night Raw? I don't know, because it didn't happen, and Damian Priest kicked out, got back up, and immediately hit the reckoning. Okay, that's what happened. Alright, that was literally the match. The, in that, my entire analogy was the entire match. There was nothing memorable about this match at all. Did nothing for either guy at all in terms of getting somebody over or, you know, building a character off of this person because we've already seen Damian Priest, 
get ready to, you know, have this some sort of like heel run. And, you know, with the heel run, he's, you know, beating people up. You know, just it, it's what a heel does. He just beats the shit out of people, wins matches, holds his championship up high in the air. You know, that that's really all all he has to be for a, for a heel wrestler. You know, but I, I do think that the uh, the whole if you get disqualified or counted out, you lose the title thing. It's a nice mental advantage in kayfabe. But to the viewer, you know that, that that's not going to happen. When do you see a championship, you know, get taken away from somebody because they got counted out? Or, you know, they got disqualified because that's just not championship rules. You know, there's always that champion's advantage thing. And even when that thing is on the line where, you know, you, you, can, you can lose a title being disqualified, it still doesn't happen. Like, take example, uh, The Miz and Dean Ambrose back in 2017 at Extreme Rules. That was sort of like the, the, the entire plot of the match was if Dean Ambrose got disqualified, he loses the title. He didn't get disqualified, but he still lost the title. He still lost the title, but he lost it by a pinfall. See what I'm saying there? So the entire thing, I mean, yes, it, it builds anticipation for the match as like, okay, there's a stipulation, but nothing really comes out of it. We did have a lot of filler on this show, like, uh, <laughs> like a like, like a 24/7 championship mixed tag team match. I really don't understand these these filler matches. I mean, I feel like you can do a simple four-minute match with, you know, some guys like Apollo Crews. You know, Finn Balor wasn't even on the card tonight, which sucks because I'm a fan of Finn Balor, and I kind of want to see Finn Balor when I'm watching Monday Night Raw. He was not on the card tonight. I mean, you had Austin Theory not on the card, but he was sort of featured in that whole Vince McMahon thing that he's doing, which I don't understand, but I kind of do at the same time because I know that they're trying to build up Austin Theory, you know, to become this future superstar I just don't think they're doing the job that they should be doing you know portraying Austin Theory as what he kind of is now uh, so what they're doing there doesn't really you know catch my eye on him being yeah th th this is a future WWE champion no it's more like yeah he has potential but just not at what he's doing right now at this moment you know, there's there's a lot of things that you can base your base your show off of, and go. Okay, you have the mid card. Get the mid card out of the way, build it up, make your stars. I mean, you have a really good, solid mid card division there. Like for example, you do have Damian Priest. All right, he's the mid card champion. Then, let's go down the line of some guys that I can think off the top of my head on Monday Night Raw. Apollo Cruz. Dolph Ziggler, <laughs> kind of put myself in a, in a in a corner there, cause the mid card scene is is dead. That's my point. The mid card scene is dead. But you have guys that have potential to make it up there and make their way up to the main event scene eventually. Just give them the opportunity. That's not what they're doing. I also want to get back to that. <laughs> to that 24-7 championship mixed tag team match because that was just genuine one of the stupidest things I've ever seen. It was, uh, 
Dana Brooke and Reggie versus Akira Tozawa and Tamina. It was obviously a clusterfuck. Really nothing happened. Barely any wrestling. More of like a stare down between Akira Tozawa and T Tamina. But that happened. Reggie gets the pinfall. Dana Brooke retains. Kind of stupid concept. I understand why they did it though. Because of the whole Reggie storyline with Dana Brooke. But other than that, really pointless. Didn't add anything to the show. Definitely one of those filler matches that you kind of just wish were never there. Because if they were not there, the show would have been a lot better. Now we move on to some Royal Rumble confirmations. We had a lot of things that went down tonight that set up the Royal Rumble. And I really like what WWE is doing here. They're not waiting for the last second or the week before to set up matches, to set up feuds. They're doing it right here on the get-go, the first Monday Night Raw of the year. They're getting straight to the point. We have, I believe, six confirmations for the Royal Rumble match. I'm going to get to that in a second. And we also have our first two confirmed matches for Monday Night Raw, which I talked about earlier, uh, was Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley for the WWE Championship. Uh, the, the second matchup, though, is quite interesting. Edge and Beth Phoenix versus The Miz and Maurice at the Royal Rumble mixed tag team match. Now, this is a mixed tag team match that I can get behind because these are all four great talents all four great characters I believe that these guys can can really tear the house down if given the opportunity on a nice section portion of the card I like it I'm a fan of the idea I wanted this to happen I wanted Beth Phoenix to return I'm happy that Beth Phoenix is back I don't believe that she should have retired but obviously that's that that's her decision she can do whatever she wants to do but Beth Phoenix Edge they're a, they're a real power couple the Miz and Maurice, they're a real power couple. I believe that these guys could have a fantastic match. Maybe not like a stellar five-star match, but it can be a really enjoyable mixed tag team match. Because, like, which, what mixed tag team match do you think is a five-star match? I'm just going to sit here for a second and let you think for yourself. Nothing comes to mind, does it? Not a single thing comes to mind. <laughs> I do you think that 24-7 championship match was a, was a five-star classic? No. Do you think those mixed match challenge matches that we had the last like couple of years ago were those five-star matches? No. Was John Cena and Nikki Bella versus the Miz and Marisa WrestleMania a five-star match? No. They're not meant to be great matches, but they're meant to be entertaining. And I believe this has all the makings to be a really entertaining match. Back to the Royal Rumble confirmations of who's in the matchup. We do have some confirmation on who's in it. Okay, I know people hate the idea of WWE going ahead and just announcing people. I get why you don't like it. Me, it was kind of hard for me to really get into it uh, at first when they started doing it. But now, you know, we're at a point where it's kind of a normal thing. And we kind of should have expected it. Uh, so... Right now, the confirmed participants for the Royal Rumble match are Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins of the Street Profits, Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio of the Mysterios, Austin Theory, and if you want to count, if you want to count, do you want to count it? I don't know if you want to count it.
but Johnny Knoxville. Yes. Wrestling legend Johnny Knoxville. One of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Am I right? This is this is something that WWE has done for so long. And, you know, me being a fan of the entertainment aspect of it. And me also being a fan of Johnny Knoxville and the whole Jackass series. It's really cool. It would have been a lot cooler if they did it back in, like, 2008. But it's still pretty cool. You know, me obviously being a fan of Johnny Knoxville and Jackass in, in general kind of bumps my excitement up more than, a, you know, some other wrestling fans. I know that that spot could have been given to an up-and-coming superstar, could have been given to somebody that didn't necessarily get a chance to shine uh, throughout the rest of last year or throughout the next year or so in the future. But it's, it's, it's all a plug. It's all just for a cheap pop. I mean, Johnny Knoxville, if, if you know anything about Johnny Knoxville, he can take a bump. If they want to do some crazy shit with Johnny Knoxville, they can do some crazy shit with Johnny Knoxville because he's a legitimate stuntman. He he does stunts for movies. He's He does stunts for... That's like his, his, his job. He's a stuntman, and putting a stuntman in a ring... With professional wrestlers. I feel like that's something you can get some enjoyment out of. Maybe you can just have the wrestlers ragdoll Johnny like you know, crazy. Maybe he starts the Royal Rumble match. I don't know. Whatever you want to do with him, you do with him. But it's still going to be an entertaining thing to see. And that's what WWE is. They're, they always deem themselves as, we're not a professional wrestling company. We are a sports entertainment company you know the E and WWE should stand for entertainment I understand all of that makes perfect sense which is why I'm not mad at the idea that Johnny Knoxville is in the Royal Rumble match obviously it isn't officially officially confirmed but WWE has tweeted it out retweeted it posted it on their Instagram talked about it on day one and Monday Night Raw so at this point, it's pretty confirmed. It's a cheap plug for Jackass Forever. What can I say? I'm a fan. I know people don't like the sponsorship shit or whatever you know this stuff is. Or celebrities in wrestling in general. I know some people don't like it. I don't care for it. It's whatever to me. It doesn't affect my personal life. So, <laughs> I mean, it's wrestling after all. Have some fun with it, man. But yeah, I mean, other than that, that was that was really it for Monday Night Raw. I mean, other than, you know, the occasional tag team match or filler match that I can't, you know, have my mind come up with right now. Uh, that was really the big stories on Monday Night Raw. I mean, if you want to count the RK Bro stuff, which I'll talk about to give you guys some more content. RK Bro and uh, Alpha Academy. They had a tag team match. Really, it was an entertaining match. I mean, I, I love RK, bro. I said this in the last podcast. I believe that they're one of the best tag teams in the world, period. I think that they have some of the best chemistry within the WWE. And Alpha Academy, on the other hand, I'm also a really big fan of them as well. I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of Otis. I believe that if given the opportunity by the WWE, Otis can be a genuine big superstar not at the rate that they're kind of going with him I mean I know they're trying to push him as this sort of you know monster 
which it can work in theory. I mean, Otis is literally built like a a bulldozer. But it can also backfire on you. Like, I believe it's backfiring on them right now. Because you wanted to make Otis this, this, this goofball that ran around saying, ooh, yeah, getting the bitches and everything. I mean, he was, he was pretty much that, that guy that was always there for, you know, cheap laughs. Getting the girls like Mandy Rose. That was Otis. He won money in the bank and then lost it to the Miz. That's Otis. I mean, that's that's he- heavy machinery is what people look at when they think of Otis. They don't think of Otis as this heel guy that can go out there and do some legitimate destruction. You know how many times he countered the RKO? You know how many times he countered that thing? I mean, this entire rivalry is pretty much based off of pushing Otis. And I am completely down for that. I want Otis to be a big star. I'm a huge fan of big men in wrestling. Me, myself, I am a pretty hefty-sized guy. And I support anything that these guys will do. Because them at their size limit, and, you know, Otis especially, I mean, he has a lot of limitations in the ring. But you don't see it. Because he does whatever he can to make his moment his moment. He don't just go out there, punch some guys up. He, he's more than that, and I believe that's why he has the potential to be something more than just a tag team wrestler, more than just a goofball. Can I see him holding the WWE Championship? Probably not. Probably not. Can I see him holding something like the United States title? 100%. I can also see somebody like Chad Gable holding the United States title as well. Can I see them becoming the next Raw Tag Team Champions? Yes, I can. I believe that they're going to win it at the Royal Rumble. The match is not confirmed yet, but I believe that that's where WWE is heading. Because Alpha Academy defeated RK-Bro. Who saw that coming? I sure did. <laughs> I sure wanted it to happen. We all know that the implosion of RK-Bro uh, R- 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 is coming soon. There's no hiding it anymore. Everybody knows that, you know, these tag teams never last forever. Something is going to happen, and it's just a matter of who's going to turn on who. I heard some reports talking about how Matt Riddle is going to be the guy to turn, which I don't think is a good idea because I can't see Matt Riddle as a heel, even though it can work. You know, we saw... How RVD was back in 2006 when he was with ECW. Back in like 1998 when he was with ECW. The original ECW. And uh, you know it kind of worked out for him. Because you know RVD could really pull off that two dimensional character. Matt Riddle on the other hand. I don't think he necessarily has what RVD did to you know really get that spark. Matt Riddle is just a stoner. He's a stoner who likes to smoke, like to laugh, and like to ride scooters. I don't think that something like that can be put into a villain. Obviously, people are not going to like him specifically for the fact that he's a stoner and likes to joke around all the time. Maybe you can play into that and turn him into like this biggest corny-ass 
guy who's cocky of himself. But even at that point, you have Randy Orton, who's quite possibly one of the best heels in wrestling history. One of the best workers in wrestling history. Why not have him turn heel? He's already been hitting it ever since like a bro started. I wouldn't mind it. I mean, I really love this team. I know that nothing lasts forever. But if something did last forever, I would have wanted it to be RK-Bro. All I know is that at the end of the day, they're going to have a match at WrestleMania. Now, whoever goes over in that match, I have no idea. I can really see it going either way between the two. But I'm getting way too ahead of myself right now. They're not even... I mean, they're, they're still a tag team. They're still champions. They still have an obstacle to go up in. And um, I'm kind of, you know, just fantasy booking into the future. But what I can fantasy book is Alpha Academy possibly taking the titles off of RK-Bro at the Royal Rumble. RK-Bro starts to have, you know, some problems internally. Not agreeing with each other much. And eventually you get to see that big heel turn that's going to break so many fans' hearts. Classic WWE. They know how to tell a story. If you don't think they don't know how to tell a story, go back and watch RK-Bro. Because that's a story that they've been building up for nearly an entire year. Nearly an entire year. This is what WWE does at its best, at its peak. You know, this is what they do when they see potential in something and they go full-fledged with it. I'm absolutely enjoying it. I don't want it to end, but I know that the payoff of it is more important than just having it go on forever. Maybe in the future you're going to see a reunion. But I'm excited to see where both of these guys' careers go after the tag team splits up. But as of right now, they're still your reigning and defending Raw Tag Team Champions. Um, they did lose, of course, though, so some problems might now go into play next week. Speaking of next week, we have a match confirmed. A match confirmed and a return confirmed, both in the women's division. Uh, Bianca Belair, Liv Morgan, and Dewdrop will face off against each other in a uh, triple threat match to see who faces Becky Lynch at the Royal Rumble. You know who I want to see win that match? And it's completely no bias at all. But I just want to see somebody new in the picture. Give me do give me Dewdrop. Just give me Dewdrop. Yeah, I literally, I don't care anymore. Just give me Dewdrop. The women's division at this point is so stale. So repetitive. So boring, in my opinion. That it, 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 it needs to be shaken up. And I know that Dewdrop was added to this match so that they can, you know, have somebody to take the pin. I'm not saying Dewdrop's going to win. Obviously, Liv Morgan or Bianca Belair is going to take that win. Whoever does, doesn't really matter to me. Hopefully, it is Liv Morgan, though. I want her to win the title. I thought that her winning the title would have been great for day one. But they, uh, they, they didn't pull that off. And, you know, for me, it was really weird for me that they didn't pull that off because they built Liv Morgan up to be this massive baby face 
that, you know, can overcome the odds, can defeat the bully. And then she doesn't beat the bully. I mean, this this was a complete badass moment by Becky Lynch. Definitely solidifying herself as big-time Bex, but... You have Liv Morgan. I mean, she's one of the most over-baby faces in the women's division entirely in the old company. Not just Monday Night Raw itself. You have Bianca Belair. So many people love Bianca Belair. Me, personally, I'm not that much of a fan of her. Am I going to respect her work? Of course I'm going to respect her work. She's a really good wrestler. She put on a match of the year candidate last year at WrestleMania against Sasha Banks. I don't have anything personal against Bianca Belair. She just she, She's not for me. Just like some people are not for Liv Morgan. You know, some people would rather see that happen other than this. But if she does end up winning and, you know, Becky sort of reignites her feud with Bianca Belair because, you know, we all know that Becky won that title by defeating Bianca Belair at WrestleMania. Not WrestleMania. It was at SummerSlam. Yeah, she defeated Bianca Belair at SummerSlam and I think it was like 26 seconds. So, you know, 26 seconds, that, that's really something that you can go back and, you know, revisit. And they haven't revisited it. You know, uh, Bianca Belair was in the whole feud, sort of in the background of the women's title for a really long time. Which I think was kind of refreshing. I mean, you had her in a rivalry against Dewdrop and Dewdrop is in this match. So, I guess you can say it benefited both women. Uh, since they're both in a number one contenders match next week. The next thing that I want to talk about that's happening next week on Monday Night Raw as well is we are getting the return, yes, the return, of Alexa Bliss. Finally, man, I've been waiting for this moment. I know it's been since... Was it Summer... Was it? I believe it was SummerSlam. It has to be SummerSlam. No, 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 it wasn't SummerSlam. I'm trying to think of when it was. It could have been Money in the Bank. One of the two. No, shit. Dude, I just had a complete brain fart right now. Anyways, Alexa Bliss is coming back. It's been a really long time since we've seen her. Probably like the summertime, I believe. So it's been a while since we've seen her. Uh, I'm excited to see her. Oh, dude, I just remembered it was Extreme Rules. Extreme Rules back in September. There we go. Trying to, I, I kept thinking. So she, she, she left at Extreme Rules back in September. She's coming back now, next week. People are also going to probably hate on this and say, they could have kept it as a surprise. Where's the surprise factor? Everything right now in 2020, 2021, 2022, it's all about the ratings. Ratings are the one thing that matter to the company. If they can pull in ratings any way they can, they're obviously going to announce something like a big return happening prior to it to get people to watch the show. So for that factor, I really start to not care as much as other people. I know a lot of people really just don't like the fact that they do this. For me, it's kind of been the normal for a couple of years. I don't mind it. I don't let it get to me personally or let it stop my enjoyment from the show overall. But I'm really excited to see what, you know, Alexa Bliss has in store. Um, the real question now is, is she going to return as that, you know, sort of fiend knockoff that some people like to call her? 
or is she going to return as the goddess? Which one would you guys prefer? Would you prefer the the demon Alexa Bliss or the goddess Alexa Bliss? For me, the winner is obviously unanimously the goddess. I believe she does the best work with that character. Being a heel especially. I know she might come back as a babyface, but I, I really want to see Alexa Bliss as the goddess being a heel again because her being that is just where she shines the most it's where she shines the most and I, I, I can't wait to see her back in the ring because like I said earlier the the women's division is it's so stale it's so boring there's there's not a lot going on with it and I believe adding Alexa Bliss back into the to the rosters will give it a nice little elevating sort of field. You have the people like Bianca Belair and Dujop, the upcomers. And now you have the established stars like Becky Lynch and Alexa Bliss. Hopefully Asuka comes back soon from injury. She can come back in, revitalize this division even more. WWE has the talent, without a doubt, in the women's division. It's just the way that they book it that really pisses me off. Other than that, Raw is fairly an enjoyable show tonight. I enjoyed it. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it too because, you know, if not, it sucks. I know that not liking a show that you really want to like, it sucks. But at the end of the day, it's, it's content. You know, you can always go back and watch some classics on Peacock or the WWE Network, but... You know, we're living in the now. Can't, you know, constantly talk about the past and reminisce about the past and go ahead and say, well, this should have happened, that should have happened. You just can't do that anymore. But overall, I think that tonight's Monday Night Raw, the first Raw of 2022, was a fair success. I mean, they got a lot done. We have a number one contender for the WWE title. We have two confirmed Royal Rumble matches, six confirmed Royal Rumble entrants. It did a lot to set up the build to the Royal Rumble for Monday Night Raw. Friday Night SmackDown, hopefully SmackDown's good. I will be reviewing SmackDown this week. Hopefully I'll start reviewing these every week. Uh, so if you guys like this, if you guys want me to continue doing this, let me know. Uh, but other than that, I believe that's everything I really need to talk about in today's episode. So, without further ado, I want to talk about this brand new segment that I have going on at the end of the show where I just answer some questions. Now, whether the questions are, you know, valid questions or not, it's up to you guys. Because on my Instagram story, I asked you guys some I put up a poll and I asked you guys to give me some questions. I'm going to be reading off a couple of these questions, answering them really quickly. Uh, just because, you know, I don't want to waste so much of your time. But here we go. Let me find it. I got I to gotta find it. Give me a second, guys. All right, here we go. 
right. Uh, first question. Uh, what do you think of CM Punk right now in AEW? For me, he is pretty boring. For CM Punk in AEW right now, you know, it's kind of a mixture of, you know, he's... Yes, he's in somewhat of meaningful feuds. I mean, I guess you can say that with the whole MJF thing and Eddie Kingston and Darby Allen storyline. And now with, you know, whatever the hell he's doing now, I haven't been keeping up a lot to really talk about it. But, you know, from what I've seen, it's it's not the CM Punk that I grew up with, which really sucks because, you know, me wanting CM Punk back in wrestling for so long, it kind of made me want the old CM Punk back, not this new CM Punk. So, you know, what I mean, it's, it's not. It's, it's based off a of personal preference, really, is, is what I'm trying to say. Next question is, what is your, who is your favorite unknown wrestler? My favorite unknown wrestler. I don't, I don't really know if I know any unknown wrestlers, but I will, uh, name off some of my favorite independent wrestlers, I would say. So some of my favorite independent wrestlers would obviously go to somebody like Calvin Tankman. Absolutely love that guy. I adore that guy. Uh, Casey Navarro. Really gifted wrestler, probably one of my favorite high flyers in the independent scene right now. Uh, see who else? Who else can I give you guys? Um, there's this one guy that you know I, I saw for the first time on uh, DPW Fire. I'm a really big fan of him. Uh, I, just, I just don't know who what his name is. I believe it's, I believe it starts with his his name is Josh something. I forgot his last name, but I'm really going to look forward into seeing him a little bit more. Uh, he's, he's really small, though. It's kind of interesting because the matches that he had against uh, the matches that he had against Bojack and the match that he had against, you know, Chris Danger's whole team over on DBW, it really made me become a fan of him. He's like this underdog. So he's, he's somebody that I would, I would look after uh, for a little bit. Um, and... Uh, yeah, so the uh, next, the final question I'm going to answer is if you had to remake a PWI 500 top 10 list for 2021, who would it be? Top 10 wrestlers of 2021. I know we're in 2022. I'm just going to go with it. Uh, 2021 was a great year for professional wrestling, in my opinion. Uh, but my top 10 guys for 2021 would be... In no particular order, Roman Reigns, definitely. I add Edge in there, 100% Edge. Um, Kenny Omega, Kenny Omega should definitely be in there. Brian Danielson, Will Ospreay. Um, that's that's five people. Trying to go based off of you know some guys that had really really successful years. Jacob Fatu, I, f I love Jacob Fatu, man. One of the best wrestlers in the world right now. Can't deny him. Um, kind of having a little bit of a blockage right now thinking of guys, but I have six guys here that I, I do believe should have been at the top ten. I know some people it might be controversial me saying Jacob Fatu. You know, some, something like that, but, you know, you just have to, you have to watch it to believe me. And when you, and when you watch it, you're definitely going to believe me. 
I'm gonna also answer this one more question. Uh, the one question was, who is better? I like this question. Show or Yo? These are two New Japan stars. I'm not a massive New Japan fan. Kind of made that clear with some people. Uh, but for me personally, I've always been a Yo fan a lot more. Um, I know they have a matchup tonight at Wrestle Kingdom. I might review that because I am staying up for the show. I might review Wrestle Kingdom on my next podcast. It's if I'm really up to it, you know, with my whole work schedule and everything. If I'm up to it, I'll definitely review it. But that the answer to your question is I believe that Yo is a better wrestler and a better worker. With that being said, I thank you guys all for listening to the Wrestle Warp Podcast. Hopefully you guys had a good time. I had a good time. And uh, I'll see you guys next week, so next week, next, whenever you guys listen to me again, man, I'll I'll see y'all. Peace out.